Yo, what is going on, you guys? It is your favorite internet radio show, the Sticky Buttons Podcast. We're back for a really special episode. First episode of 2024. Super excited to be here. This is your host, Brandon. Yeah. And this is Blake. And we've got a really big announcement today. It's what's going to happen in 2024. I think we've kind of been alluding to it a little bit. So Brandon, tell the listeners what we're doing this year. So for 2024, we're doing something really special for all of our great, great people that make all of these amazing video games we enjoy. We are going on strike. We're not buying any new games in 2024. And this is in part to protest the industry. We have a love for video games and to see the industry we love and turn to for enjoyment slash entertainment. They treat their workers so terribly. It's not an industry that we want to support monetarily right now. Yeah, 2024, we're boycotting all new video games and we're encouraging you to do the same. I mean, Brandon, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is an industry that we, we love and the people that make the things we love really are not treated with respect. And, you know, they're treated so terribly and they really should have, you know, to be able to have some job security. And, you know, in 2023, there was almost 10,000 people that it's estimated were laid off in the video game industry. And Damn. we're kind of hoping that 2024 can be a year to reflect and kind of heal. And, you know, we've also, I mean, I guess I'll speaking for myself, we've bought a lot of games over the years, over the course of this podcast, and we just haven't gotten to do all of them, you know, so we're not buying any new games. The protest, protesting the industry in 2024, and we're really encouraging you to do the same and just to educate yourself on how, you know, the industry is just treated its people. And I guess a disclaimer, we both have subscriptions, the PlayStation Plus, um, and we get three new games a month there. So I think we'll still talk about those kind of games or anything, you know, on Nintendo Switch Online. I think that's fair game as well. And we also, we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but we recently both bought emulators. Both me and Brandon have the Miu Mini Plus. So maybe we'll talk about that later today. Maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. But yeah, I think it's just kind of a year about looking backwards instead of looking forwards. And I'm really excited for it. Dude, I'm super stoked. I mean, I already have more than enough games in my library, my PlayStation library alone, not mm-hmm. to mention my Xbox and the Switch, the Miu Mini. I mean, there's just so much there, so much content. So really excited to bring that to the pod this year. And hopefully we see a change. We see some, you know, respect on behalf of the people who make these games. It's not cool that they develop these games and then they're kicked to the curb and don't have that job security. It's really sad. I mean, the more we learn about it, the grosser I feel about it. So I think that, you know, this is going to be at least a way for us, you know, having a, you know, this is our platform and I guess to kind of at least... You know, hey, maybe spread the word that, you know, these people that make the things we love are treated like shit. So I'm excited, dude. 2024, no new games. That's the goal. Sounds like a good title for the episode. <laughs> you know, 2024, no new games. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I actually, dude, I've got a great game that kind of fits the bill to kick us off, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. So I got this game. Mostly I got it because I like saw a video on YouTube about it. And I was like, man, like, it's honestly, it's kind of crazy because it, they just kind of like showed the game. It was just, they were talking about the PSP and it was kind of like a PSP retrospective and they showed this game and I was like, 
oh, I want to play that. Like, I don't know what that is, but I want to play it. And like, they didn't label it. So I like had to like look up like best RPGs or all RPGs like released on the PSP. And I ended up like finding out this game and I bought a used copy, you know, about a month ago. It was honestly, it was very affordable. It was like $20. (laughs) I've never touched the franchise. I'm actually really excited to talk about this, Brandon. It's the original Final Fantasy 1 remake for the PSP, and it was released in 2007. Wow, that takes me back. I, I remember playing that on my PSP, Final Fantasy. You had this game? Yeah, I had probably not oh Final Fantasy gosh. 1, but I believe at the time it was probably Final Fantasy 4. But I love the franchise. It's I'm familiar with it. It's a great franchise. I recently wow. played the remake on the PlayStation. I think we talked about that on the episode. Yeah, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 7. 7. Yeah, that was a great remake. Shoutouts to Square Enix, is it, who works on Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, great job. Love that game. Wow. You know, it's funny. I've never played a Final Fantasy. And I really, I guess, as we kind of talked about in our Game of the Year episode and throughout all of 2023, I was really disappointed in the state of Pokemon. And I've kind of decided to branch out and try some other RPGs that are, are not Pokemon. And I really wanted to see what else is out there. And that's kind of why I dipped my toe into this. And man, I just gotta say, dude, this game, like, as I'm playing it on my PSP, this game is, like, so gorgeous, dude. Like, the pixel art of this thing, I almost can't believe it. I I put something on our TikTok, like, a little video if you want to check it out. And it's, like, I'm in a town, right? And it's just, like, this beautiful pixel, like, cobblestone streets. And they've got, like, these cottages and houses that are, like made of pixel wood and it just looks like so amazing and as i'm kind of walking through the town there's like these clouds like pixel clouds kind of just like like the shadows of the cloud are kind of like going across the ground and i'm just like dang like i would pick this game up today like if this came out today like it's just so visually striking yeah i would be really interested in it is cloud the protagonist in this one no no this is a remake of the first game and i honestly I'm going to tell you, man, I've kind of hit a point where I'm not enjoying it as much anymore. So I think I'm going to stop playing it, but I'm I'm glad that I experienced it and kind of picked it up. But it's kind of crazy because there's really no story to it. I mean, there's kind of a story, but I guess it's very like, it's like fantasy archetype is really kind of all it is. I didn't really know what I was doing. So like when I was creating my characters or my party, I picked like a mage like a mage that can heal, like a mage that can do damage. I picked a pirate that can like steal things like they have, they're a thief. And I've got like a hero, quote unquote. They're just like a huge melee, like big melee weapon. And it's kind of interesting because really it feels like the beginning of like a fantasy archetype. There's really nothing else to it. You kind of start off and there's a princess that's been kidnapped And the king is like, hey, go save the princess. And so you go save the princess. You fight like a mini boss. You come back. He's like, oh, you're carrying the four crystals. You must be the fated party of four. Like, oh, you need to go north. Like, let me build a bridge for you as a reward for saving my princess or my daughter. And he like builds a bridge. And that's how you move on to the next area. And there's like a town and... They're kind of like, oh, like, did you hear about this other town to the west? Like, they have a pirate. Like, they've got a pirate problem. That's what I hear. And then you go to that town and there's like a pirate, like a pirate standing there. And you kind of like, everybody in the town is like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of the pirate. And then you go talk to the pirate, you fight him. And then he gives you his ship. And then you can kind of go around the seas. 
And then I kind of found an elf village. And there's like the prince of the elf village is like, has been like, they're like asleep. And they're like, oh, we need some potion to wake him up. And then somebody else in the town is like, oh, I hear the dwarves. They make good potions. So now I'm trying to find the dwarf village and I can't. I have no idea where it is. (laughs) But here's the thing. Two of my party, I basically, I've been steamrolling combat. And I feel like I've been doing really good. And I've been having a lot of fun. But I came across this like dungeon and I really kind of like, I was like, I should leave. But I think I'm going to like keep going just to see what I can find. And like my party's getting a little low on health, but I think it's okay. And then I like random encounter into this like crazy overpowered enemy. They killed two of my party members, like they're fainted and I have no idea how to revive them. I like went to the place where I normally heal that it didn't wake them up. So I'm like, I'm stuck. I've got no idea how to, how to revive them. There is like one item that I bought that can revive a party member, but it costs like an insane amount of money. And I know I can use it in combat. I know I can use it out of combat, but it's kind of like, like imagine getting like the only thing that can heal your party is like a max revive in Pokemon. And it's like, I spent so much money on this max revive. Like, I feel like I don't really want to use it because I feel like there's got to be a way I could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like heal them. So I don't know. I think it's interesting, but I guess you kind of see what I'm saying. It's like kind of archetypal. Like there's really nothing there. There's like really nothing telling me like why this party's like going together and I don't really feel connected to anyone or anything. Yeah, that makes sense. It gives me a lot of Final Fantasy vibes. Yeah. I mean, not Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest sounds... I'm getting Dragon Quest flashbacks hearing that. I wanted to ask... Yeah, but I feel like in Dragon Quest, like, there's a little bit more to it. You feel something. No, definitely. There's a bit more of a backstory. Is this a kind of isometric view? Are you looking down on it? Yeah, it's an isometric view and you're looking down at it. And the thing is, that's kind of crazy that I, I really kind of want to, I guess, talk about. I feel like it's really weird going back like to something this far back. So I guess, obviously, this remake was made in 2007, but this game was released in 1987. So this is a remake based on a game that was developed in 1987 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And I just like to give some context, Pokemon was released nine years later in 1996. So I just feel like there's just like this huge gap between like the like quality of life, like even in a remake, like there's like quality of life improvements and just like the lack of story, really. Like I feel like this may be, I'm not sure, but I feel like this is probably the first mainstream like RPG. And I feel like like with video games, everything's so iterative, right? Yeah. I feel like this is like the base, the foundation of a lot of RPGs. So I'm not really super interested in what it's, trying to tell because I feel like I've seen it before, which I guess maybe I'm writing it off too soon, but. So you said this was developed for the NES, although you were playing it on a PSP? Yeah, I'm playing a remake. So it's also, it's really hard to find like information on this specifically because they've re-released the original Final Fantasy in so many places. Like you can buy the original remake of here. I think it's called like the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. Let me just fact check that really quick. Yeah, you can buy this, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, and this has Final Fantasy 1 through 6 on it. And you can buy a physical copy of that, but it's $100. And I think it's like a little over $100 on, like you get that on the Switch, and I think they have it on PlayStation as well. But you can also buy a remaster of the Final Fantasy 1 on your phone. 
for like $10, but it's the pixel art is not the same. So this is like a pixel remake from 2007. But I mean, they've also, I mean, they've remade these so many times that it's really kind of hard to get, find information on it. But, but yeah, it's crazy. It's really interesting. I think the fact that it's been remade so many times is a testament to kind of just the franchise and the love that gamers all over have for it. You know, it really resonates with people. I mean, it resonated with you after all this time. So it's got to be a great game. Yeah, it's really interesting. I may look up a guide and see how hard it is to progress and and then decide, but I really enjoyed what I've played of it so far. But it's honestly, part of it's really tough because... I actually, I think it's really interesting. So there's like an overworld and you have a different like graphics when you're in the overworld than when you're in like a town. Like when you're in the overworld, it kind of zooms out and everything's like, it's not quite as pixelated. Yeah. It's a little bit more, I guess like cartoony. And when you're in the overworld, you're going from place to place. There's a lot of random encounters. Man, it is like so many random encounters. It's like seriously, like you take three steps and you get in a fight. And I think that it's interesting that like Pokemon came out like a decade after this, basically. And in it, I feel like it's easier to go from town to town because there are like spaces where you know you're not going to get like you don't have the chance of getting into a random encounter. Yeah. But like you have no hope if you're <laughs> like you're going to get into like so many as you're just walking around. And it's. I feel like that's a little bit much from today's standard. Interesting. To just have kind of like walking in tall grass, but always. But always. And it's really hard to get from place to place. And it kind of makes exploration a little frustrating. And I think that that's kind of why I'm like, I don't, I'm happy I've experienced it so far, but I don't quite know if I want to keep going with it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's no like skipping through it. You just have to fight. Yeah, and when you run, you actually like open yourself up to getting attacked. And it's most of the time it's better just to fight instead of run. So is there an incentive to keep fighting? Like are you regularly leveling up your party members? Yeah, but it's also it's random encounters. So like you could get somebody that's going to give you like nothing. You could just run into the highest end like this is what happened to me in that dungeon. I just randomly ran into like the highest enemy I've ever encountered or the hardest enemy I've ever encountered. And they really hurt me, but I still got them. But the thing is, I'm very leveled up. So just about everything I encounter, I'm I'm blowing through with ease. So it does feel a little bit unbalanced in that way too. But yeah, I kind of wish there was something holding me into it because I've really been enjoying the combat, but I feel like I don't, I'm not really connecting with the story because I feel like it's really not there. It's really non-existent, but I've been having a good time. So that's Final Fantasy from 2007. That's uh, one hell of a title for to remake right before a financial crisis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it did well. The thing is, I feel like with the PSP, I played a lot of stuff on it as a kid, but I feel like nothing really resonated with me. Nothing really clicked. And I feel like this game, even from like today's standards, just looks amazing. So I'm happy that I picked it up and gave it another chance. Maybe someday I'll find my PSP title that'll keep me coming back. Definitely. Fingers crossed. All right, dude. What you got? What kind of games are you bringing to the table today? You know, I recently picked up the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Now, this wasn't a purchase. This was a Christmas present. (laughs) I'm glad I have it, man. It's taken me down memory lane. 
played on Rust. Do you remember the map Rust for Modern Warfare 2? Of course. How could you forget, man? It was really fun, really nostalgic to play on that map. The mechanics feel great. Feels really smooth. Call of Duty mm-hmm. is as great as ever. Although I'm pretty sure they're some of the culprits of like bringing on these developers and just kicking them to the curb once they get the job done. It's mainly AAA titles, all these companies that can't afford to do that. Just like break out of contracts with people and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's given me a lot of nostalgia. Is it more than nostalgia? I've actually talked with a friend of the show, Kyle, about this. And he was not kind to it. So I'm interested to hear what you got to say. Does it feel good to play? Like, I mean, Modern Warfare 3, I mean, when I think back, that was probably my one of my favorite Call of Duties. I mean, that was that was one of the best. It definitely has some nostalgia to it, but there are a lot of new aspects to it. I think the pay-to-play model is mm-hmm. kind of detracts from the Call of Duty, like all of the season pass stuff. And, you know, if you want to buy these, like, really cool skins, you, you have to spend money on the game. It's not what I remember. It's not what I enjoy. You know, it's just a part of the game. You just got to deal with it. I would say the skill level, skill balancing is off. Like every so often I'll get in a lobby where I'm just like absolutely demolished. Like there's just some really skillful people on this. And it's like, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're that good at the game, there's other platforms within the game. Like you can do league play. You can play competitively. But, you know, mm-hmm. these people just get on, on these public matches and pub stomp, as I like to call it. <laughs> it's never fun to be in those lobbies but you know i'm still having a good time getting on with friends and, and just starting up a match and playing lots of search and destroy i've been mm-hmm. staying away from the domination that's really where there's a lot of those pub stompers there hard point as well lots of pub stompers just people who, who work as a team and if you're playing by yourself you're gonna get out strategized but yeah, I've been having a great time. It's really fun. I'm glad to have that in my library for 2024. We'll definitely be going back to that a lot this year. And I don't think I'm going to prestige. I think I'm just going to keep it old-fashioned, get mm-hmm. to level 55, and then just try to like level up my guns as best as I can and lock those camos. Nice. I usually do this thing on Call of Duty where I try to get all the guns gold. Mm-hmm. It's a fun challenge that I've taken on as of late. When I used to play Call of Duty... In my younger years, I would never like go for those challenges, so mm-hmm. it's it's a nice little like push to test my skill level. Yeah, well, I've lost a lot of my like reaction time and, and just overall skills from not playing it for a while, but I still feel some of yeah. it. You know, I definitely still have some of it for sure. So yeah, that's awesome. And you know, it's one of those things where it's like when you hop into a Call of Duty, it's just fun to just kind of grind it out, make those like little, like get those little challenges. They really are fun especially like the camos. Do they have the topographical map camos? Did they bring those back? Those are always my favorite. What do you mean? It's like topographical camos or skins. Do you know which ones I'm talking about? No, let's see. Yeah, it looks like there are some topographic camo challenges. Yeah, those are always my favorite, man. Well, I guess let me ask you this. Have you... So this is kind of a remake, right? Like a remake of Modern Warfare 3... How's the campaign? Yes and no. I haven't even touched the campaign. I usually just play multiplayer. I'm now finding out that there is a zombies in this game, which is pretty cool. I, <laughs> I was about to ask about that. Got to check that out. And I've just only played multiplayer yet. That's typically what I, I play in Modern Warfare. But 
it's worth checking out that campaign. I mean, it's taking up 200 plus gigabytes on my storage, which is like, I'm looking into investing into that external hard drive or the one that like you were touching. The SSDs. Because yeah. it's just, I need a terabyte more. Yeah. Have you upgraded your PlayStation storage at all? No, no. I'm still working with that 500 gigabytes of just, my solution tough. has been just buying disc games. But the disc mm-hmm. games I do have, like Street Fighter Six, Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre, they don't even take up that much storage. I mean, maybe Street Fighter Six, but I know Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like less than 40 gigabytes. So, mm-hmm. you know, I should have, Call of Duty is one of those I should have just bought the disc for. Mm-hmm. Really save that storage. I think it's really worth it. I mean, in today's day and age, I mean, like like a AAA title, like they're going to be anywhere from like 20 to 500 gigabytes, you know, and yeah, well, maybe 500 is a stretch, but they're very large or gigabytes. And I got like the terabyte SSD. It was like $125 when I did it. I got like a Black Friday deal. I think they're about that now. And man, it really changes it. Like it makes it so much easier just to like enjoy the PlayStation as it's like meant to be. Cause like I have like an hour of like gameplay that I recorded and like a bunch of other like small things that I recorded and like that takes up a lot of space, but it's not like eating up my storage on the games that I want to play. Yeah. So it's a definitely a worthy investment. Yeah, dude, I had to delete 2K, to delete NBA 2K24 to make some space for Call of Duty, which is rough. Also, I mm-hmm. wanted to make some space for another game I'm going to talk about on the pod here, but why don't we just okay. go ahead and move on to your next game. Okay, I'm really excited to talk to you about this one. So after we kind of like finalized our game of the year list and we recorded our game of the year and just kind of like in the holiday stretch, I've been playing a lot of Skyrim. That's amazing. It's a great game to play in the holidays. It is, man. It's just so great to like, I don't know, walk across Tamriel with the snow coming down. And dude, it's been such a fun, it's been such a fun time. I feel like this has really given me, like, I definitely was a little disappointed in Starfield and just, like, getting into Skyrim again. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. And I've experienced some things that I've never experienced before. And I think that it's kind of crazy. Like, I've restarted this game so many times, but this is the furthest I've ever gotten, like, in terms of, like, the main story and, like, seeing some things. And I think that, I don't know, maybe this is just a theory, but I feel like maybe you have to like progress far enough in the story to then have some of these like random events happen. Yeah. So I've been struggling with something. I want to talk to you about this first. I didn't realize this has happened, but now it's happened and I don't know what to do. (laughs) It started out. I like, I walked, I was walking around and I see this, like I noticed my magic's not refilling. I know my stamp, like my stamina is not refilling. And then I'm kind of walking around and I, it like turns to night and my stamina refills, my magic refills, and the thing pops up like you get like a buff in the night. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm a vampire, baby. I guess I oh, got bit man. somewhere. You got, you got bit somewhere, dude. That's crazy. I got bit. But the thing is, I'm like, I don't want to be a vampire. Like, <laughs> I sucks, feel cursed. Dude. No, yeah, somebody got you. I'm wondering if you can just still be a werewolf on that playthrough. So is it is it done? Like I'm I'm a vampire now. Like can you undo You'd it? You'd have to search it up. I don't think there's a way to be a vampire and a werewolf, but if it's possible, oh, it's worth damn. a try. I actually was really hoping to be a werewolf. I feel like that would have fit with this playthrough and character that I 
that I've been making. But. Yeah, and I think you have to go to White Run and you have to join this group. I believe they're called the Codlacks or something like that. They have this ritual to turn you into a werewolf. But I'm curious about your playthrough. What class did you pick? So I actually started this on stream and actually I'm kind of sad that I couldn't continue to play this on stream, but I ran into like some crazy like technical difficulties. So I had to take that. I was really enjoying that playthrough and I took that offline and I'm hoping I can f figure out what to do. Like I'm hoping I can fix it and then I can just continue on streaming it. But I'm playing as a Khajiit and I'm kind of playing as a Ronin. And that's really all I've kind of given myself is like a, like for character building. Like I'm just a Ronin and I'm really, I'm always carrying around some two-handed weapons, but I haven't leveled up far enough in the skill tree to like, or I haven't like leveled up my two-handed weapons enough to like unlock the skill tree yet. Yeah. So I'm still early on and I've really been doing one hand, like my right hand, I've been having like a one-handed weapon and then my left hand, I've been doing like ice or fire. And I also, I just got some like electric thing and a fireball recently. So I'm really enjoying the magic in one hand and one-handed weapon in another. I've never done that before. So that's really exciting. I'm really feeling that. But I'm also liking like just being a Ronin. Like I feel like I'm just wandering, like trying to make Tamriel a better place. And I feel like I'm kind of just letting things happen to me as like a wandering Ronin. And... I mean, being a vampire, it kind of fits because I didn't really know that that was going to happen to me. Like, I didn't do it on purpose. Like, it definitely, ha like, it happened to me. So I guess I'm like, but I'm also like, I'm kind of leaning into the Dragonborn a little bit. Like, I kind of want to see it through. I kind of want to, like, see what it means to be the Dragonborn. I went and saw the Greybeards and they were telling me, I mean, I went through the whole training and they told me to go to this place and like, they're like, when you're ready, come back to us. Or like, I don't quite remember if you need to like get something, you need to get something from this tomb of the last dragonborn and then come back to him. So I went to that tomb. I'm way too under leveled, but I cleared everything out. I killed all of the enemies and oh my gosh, Brandon. So there's like one, like, what are the undead enemies called? Do you know what? Necrom, they're not necromancers. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like they're like the skeletons. Oh, Draugr. Draugr. I met like a Draugr that was like way too leveled up for me and like the <laughs> like the back of this like dungeon and I was like like hitting him with the ice and then I could like maybe come up and like hit him once with the like the sword and I was like whittling him like kind of like added like keeping him at a distance as much as I could but like he also had a bow so like if I got hit once he'd like headshot me kind of like it'd be like a one bow one kill so i was like save scumming like trying to take him out like as soon as i did like a lot of damage <laughs> i'd like save scum and i basically made him through like like i i had like whittled him down he was like almost dead like i went from the back of the cave all the way to the front and then like there's like a, a place that has like multiple levels and i was kind of leading him around that and then i was going to jump down and then start going back and i jumped down and i was like waiting for him to come around the corner and he never came around the corner and I was like, what the, like, what happened? And I kind of walked in and he died falling off of the ledge and I didn't get like any of the XP. Damn. I was pissed. <laughs> so I was like, I was thinking to myself like that really would have, like I used all my weapons. Like I used like my double handed and I used my like one handed. I used my magic. So I was like, if I had got the XP for that, I think I would have leveled up did at you, least once and a half. Did you get a chance to loot him? I did. He didn't have anything really. There was nothing. A couple, I think it was like a hundred gold. 
That's it. That's what you get for safes coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, easy there. Yeah. <laughs> but then I like made it into the inner chamber and I got like one hit and I was like, no, I can't do this. So I was like, I'll have to come back and, and do this later. Was so this I'm, part I'm of the just, story? This is part of the Dragonborn quest line. Dovakid. Yeah. So then I, I'm just kind of wandering around. I'm at this village that I've been to before. I, I honestly, I had to like complete a quest there and I was just really kind of enjoying it. And then these freaking people show up, they're cultists and they're like, are you the Dragonborn? And I'm like, yeah, I'm the Dragonborn. And then they're like, oh my gosh, what are they saying? Like heretic, like liar, like, like so-and-so, they're the true Dragonborn. And they like attack me in the village and then like me and all the villagers like kind of slaughter these cultists. But turns out somebody else is claiming they're the dragonborn, but like I'm the dragonborn. And like the graveyards told me I'm the only one. So I feel like, I don't know. I'm an imposter, man. You got to find them. That's what the quest log says. So I got to figure- Did you grab a note from one of the cultists? Yeah. So he's saying that like, I'm an imposter and it's like in my quest log now, but like, I know that there's like a cultist that, I don't know if they're dragonborn or not, but it feels like, they're not Dragonborn and I got to kill them. But they've got a whole cult around them, man. You're going to have to pull up to their fort wherever they're hiding and take them out. Yeah. Man. But I feel like I'm too underleveled. I'm still trying to level up. What level are you? I think I'm like nine or something. Like I'm. Okay. Yeah. All your skill trees are pretty low still. Yeah. So I'm kind of just finding random enemies. <laughs> I feel kind of bad because every time I see a wolf, I like switch my double-handed weapon and I kill the wolf or like... If I see something, I'll kill the wolf or like kill anything like double handed and just try and level that up. Because like, I think you have to like make it five, like you have to level up the double handed five times in order to unlock the skill tree. And I think I'm only on like one. So, or I honestly, I don't quite know what the, it's like one over five. And I don't know if that means that I need to level up five more times before I can unlock the skill tree or if I need to actually level up the double handed one five more times. No, it means that that specific skill point has five available like upgrades you can upgrade it five times and it's going to increase the power of that specific skill point but you should be able to attach skill points to them immediately interesting maybe i'll send you a screenshot next yeah. time i, I love depending up. on your I'm level gonna... that's the access you have to specific like points skill points on yeah because like i trip. definitely had a skill like i had it unlocked and it wouldn't let me click that one so does that mean I have to level up more? Yeah, it means that you probably need to level it up more in order to apply that second upgrade to that specific point. Hmm. Okay. That's awesome though, dude. I see you're trying different types of play styles for the Khajiit. The Khajiit is very versatile, but I think their natural talent is stealing, like lock picking, pickpocketing, speech. Uh, They're very conniving. So definitely take advantage of that really good at sneak attacks yeah i've been trying to get people from the back but i feel like my builds are really close range so i don't quite know how i'm going to accomplish that yet but i'm really enjoying like being like a wandering roman because i feel like aren't the kaji aren't they kind of like wandering tribes yeah they're merchants? not they're not native to tamrio yeah so i'm really enjoying like that and like i haven't quite figured out like i don't have a reason for why they're a ronin yet like i don't quite know all their backstory I guess maybe I'll discover that as I play more, but I have really been enjoying role-playing that one. I'm falling into Skyrim, man, and I'm doing it on my Steam Deck, so it's all handheld. I even played it on the plane. That's really cool. <laughs> What's the farthest you've gotten story mode? 
Like, where are you at in the story? This is the furthest I've gotten. I've bounced off more times than I can count. But I normally, the furthest I had gotten prior, I was in White Run, or maybe not White Run. Maybe White Run. Well, I guess wherever you are when you have your first encounter with the Dragonborn, and then they like the Greybeards call you, and then you go to the Greybeards. That's White Run. I played like, yeah, White Run. So I guess I got there, and then I like just like went and did other things. Like, I never made it to the. I actually, I was like, all right, I'll finally go check out these Greybeard things because I like was, I had like wandered around. I wasn't quite sure what I was supposed to do. And I was kind of just like stumbling across things. And then I was on my way up to the Greybeards and I think I like saved it or, and I never picked it back up. So in the story, I, this is the furthest I've gotten. How was that though, getting into the Greybeards? I remember my first time trying to find them. I was a bit confused that I had to like go up this mountain. I loved it, man. It was an amazing experience getting up there because, I mean, there's like a troll and I was a little under leveled to take this troll down, but I got him with my fire spells and it really kind of just felt like a pilgrimage, you know, and like kind of like the way I'm playing this character, they're kind of just like a wandering, I mean, a wandering Ronin. So like making this like pilgrimage up to 7,000 steps, it felt right. And it felt like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm in Skyrim. Like I'm enjoying it. And it did kind of feel like like a religious pilgrimage. So I'm ready to keep going, man. I'm not stopping anytime soon. I got to figure out, although it actually, it kind of works out that I'm a vampire because I found this one like mace, like a one-handed mace, and it does a lot more damage in the eve, like when the moon's out. So it's like a moon mace or something. And it like does magic damage and like extra damage when the moon's out. So I feel like it kind of thematically fits, even though I'm not really... I would not have chosen to be a vampire, but... Did you sleep in anyone's home in Whiterun? Yeah, I think I slept at the inn. That's probably where it happened. I know there are some vampires in the inn. Actually, I take it back. I didn't sleep there. I slept at the inn that's at the, like, the bottom of... Oh, man. It's, like, the bottom of, like, before you head up to the Greybeards. Like, be... It's not Whiterun. I don't, I don't remember what the name of the village is, but that's also where I was ambushed by... The, the cultist. The cultist. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's definitely where it happened, dude. You gotta go back there and start scrapping. Is that how I get rid of, like, my vampire? Is it killing the vampire oh, that no. got me? Once you're a vampire, you're a vampire for life. I mean, I was just saying, you gotta get it back in blood. You gotta get that revenge. <laughs> I guess we'll see, man. But I also stumbled into, like, a place that, like, had vampires in it. Like a cave. And I killed all of them. So, would I have gotten it there? Could I have picked it up there? Oh, yeah. You probably got bit there. You probably did. They probably bit you or something if they hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Okay. I guess I'm a vampire then. Search it up, though. There might be a way to still be a werewolf. I'll see. Yeah. I feel like that would be what I want to do. But, I mean, I'm also... I might be game to do another playthrough. Because I actually... It's funny. I did start another playthrough. But I don't know if I'm going to continue on with it. I didn't know that like when you're in the beginning, like you could side with the Imperials or the Stormcloaks. Like I didn't realize there were two different ways. Like I know that you kind of have an interaction with both, but I've always sided with the Imperials. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm going to get you out. And I'm like, okay, like this is your base. Like, I guess I'll follow you. And I guess I never realized that you could side with the Stormcloaks. Funnily enough, you can side with both. You can play both sides up until like, the final battle there's like a final siege but you can play both sides which is fun to do 
I'm interested. I think it might make more sense for my Ronin playthrough to actually be an Imperial, though. I don't know much about them, but I'm kind of feeling like maybe my Ronin like needs some purpose and needs to like feel like they want to join the Empire. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm really enjoying playing this. Skyrim, man. Who would have thought? Awesome. <laughs> no, that's amazing, dude. That's great to hear, especially given Starfield not being the best that it could be. So I'm glad you're getting that kind of RPG action. It's mm-hmm. awesome. All right, dude. What's your next game? Mine is also going to be an RPG. I, given all this GTA 6 news, I kind of decided to mm-hmm. hop into GTA 5 and just prepare myself for GTA 6. I'm hoping I can transfer yeah. over something from GTA 5 mm. into GTA 6. Are you doing like the online? Or? Yeah, I'm playing online. I already beat the story mode a while back. Great story mode, by the way. But mm-hmm. I've been having a lot of fun just playing online, just kind of driving around really nice cars they give you a lot of good free things Mm -hmm. like i signed back in i got a free three hundred thousand in the bank just because like a loyal gta player it's fun man it's taking me back so what have you been doing dude i've just been driving around the city and just starting shit with both other players just seeing anybody who's there i'm just gonna start a fight with them (laughs) i've also been like just wreaking havoc on all of the Little mom and pop shops I've been like going in and taking their cash from the register. Just driving. Brandon's off. making the spot hot, man. I'm making the spot hot, and I'm I'm a real <laughs> wanted man in the city of Los Santos. That's why my home is all the way up in the suburbs because I have way too many enemies in the city. That's where I do most of my mess. You know, I drive down from the suburbs, I go around, hit a chain of stores, and then go right back up to the suburbs. Put all my money in the bank. The cops have been going crazy looking for me, but they have no luck. My cars are too fast. Just lose them right away. And yeah, dude, just just having a lot of fun there. I've heard some news about GTA 6 possibly, Mm -hmm. including crypto. I don't think it's going to happen just for like regulation reasons. But it would be really cool if you could like take that money from in-game currency and actually transfer it to like real world crypto. It'd be pretty cool. And so I'm looking that it's to a that. scam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, people really, like, they really do grind out, like, so much in that game. Like, the online, like, I don't know. Maybe it would be cool if they had, like, an item shop or something, like, where you could make real money. But I don't think I'd ever get into it enough to do that. I take it you're excited for GTA 6 then? Yeah, I'm really excited for GTA 6. I want to see the story mode. I want to see what they have planned out there. I always enjoy playing through those. Also, the online play. Hopefully, they iterate on what they already have for GTA 5 online. It's great. I'm having a great time. Funnily enough, though, the more popular GTA servers are like the real world RP servers mm-hmm. where people actually put like real money in and they're like playing GTA game. And I guess that's probably why the CEO wanted to has considered this because it's like people are already doing this with this ip so you know might as well cash in on it while you still can but i already see a whole slew of like legal troubles and yeah yeah, sec might not like that very much yeah i don't know man i mean they are a public company i don't know i'm i mean i feel like it's got to be just a rumor man i can't personally see them going down that route but i guess only time will tell I did think that the trailer was a bit odd. I mean, I guess that's really all the information we have is from the trailer. Did you, I mean, did you like the trailer? Did you have like thoughts on it or? 
I don't think it we've was, talked about it this. It was cool. It was, it was very Miami. I liked it. <laughs> it was pretty cool. They included that one. You see that one guy who wanted to sue GTA because they included him. And yeah, um, or- it's amazing to see how like this one intellectual property causes so much controversy in the real world. What else was there that people really enjoyed? I felt it was kind of odd that there's like a social media element to it. I don't know. I feel like I personally don't really like social media all that much. Just so like to see it in like a game like that. I wonder if like, is that just marketing? Like, are they just doing that? Or is that like going to be like a part of the game? I, I think they're truthfully trying to play on the culture. It always seems like a kind of like a parody of sorts mm-hmm. of like these cities and, and what goes on in them. And I, th- I know that. Miami is one of those big cities where social media does play a huge role. I mean, as far as like criminal enterprises go, like people do talk a lot of smack on social media and there are real life consequences behind it. Right. And so it's, you know, it's definitely has to be a part of, of the story. If you want to like accurately depict what that kind of criminal underworld looks like and plays out in modern day times. And so it's really interesting. I'm mm. excited to see where they go with it. You know, there's a lot of opportunity there. I know a lot of people were upset about, you know, them making a return to Miami. You know, they've done it before. But it's like there is really no better GTA city mm-hmm. than Miami, than Florida. I mean, it's where Florida man's from. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of felt like it was, I don't know. I mean, at least in the trailer, it kind of felt like all of it was like, look at these crazy Florida people. But... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I wonder. I'm I'm very interested to see what they do. I also I thought it was kind of a I don't know, for me personally, whenever we saw the trailer, it said like twenty twenty five. I kinda of thought that was like a little bit of a slap in the face. I was kinda of like, come on, I'm like why I don't know. I feel like we've seen like the leaks, like we there's so many rumors, I just can't believe I mean like I know that these games take a long time to make, but I just I was like, Wow, like that's kinda of crazy that they're putting this out there year plus away from when we're going to be potentially yeah that's why we have those hackers that one kid who's like i think he's like 18 now but he's been back when gta 5 came out he was like leaked all their shit and he's doing it again they locked him Mm -hmm. up for it this time because he's like actually of age and he was like i'm gonna keep doing it he doesn't care he's just Mm -hmm. gonna keep leaking their stuff and costing them tons of money i think they should just hire the kid maybe yeah man it's fascinating all i don't know i'm personally not too interested and i mean i'm interested to see but i i don't really know i don't know i'm kind of like gated a little like i I feel like i'm not willing to say i'm gonna put the time into it or i guess i'm just gonna kind of see what it is when it comes out we really don't know anything about it yep there's still a lot that's unknown a lot that they're looking to change now that their stuff got leaked. You know, that must really suck. You put all this time and effort into yeah. something, money into like keeping it secure on your servers and, and hard drives. And st- there comes this kid who's just like really talented at what he does and gets access to it. Yeah, it must be really rough. Yeah, that must be yeah, that must be sad and frustrating, especially like if they wanted to, like if they were excited to show it in some way. If something's leaked, you can't really control the narrative on it. For sure. That's why a lot of people were upset. They're like, this doesn't look good. It's what you guys spent all this time working on. So we'll see how it turns out. There's only one way to find out, right? And that's to 
get it on release day and, and see what it's like, see what it turns out to be. I believe in Rockstar. I think they'll execute. They've done a great job with GTA Five. So, I'm assuming you're more a fan of GTA than like Red Dead Redemption, right? Yeah, definitely. I've had more experiences with GTA. I've had more fun on it. I mean, Red Dead's a great game, though. Love playing that. But personally, just get more more of a kick out of GTA. Nice. Well, are you excited for any? Are you looking forward to any like features on like the multiplayer, or is there like anything? that you want to see out of it that like hasn't been confirmed or just something that you maybe you want to see? I definitely want to see more utilization of, of the next-gen features. Mm-hmm. I feel like GTA Five, we got a PS5 remake, and I think all we got were like a few better graphics and larger servers, less loading screens. But, I mean, this is a very powerful console, and, and I want to see them definitely use it to its fullest extent on this title. Well, I'm excited for it, man. I guess we'll have to wait till 2025. Yeah. <laughs> GTA 6. Do you think it's going to slip into 2026? Or do you think they're going to keep 2025? They'll probably slip it in. I think they do enjoy having that, like, wait for it. They like having that, like, you know, mm-hmm. pause of potential energy and letting it build up and then giving it to us. So we'll see. We'll see how they execute. And that's um, mm-hmm. a great company. I actually have some friends that I went to undergrad with who are working at Rockstar now. Although I don't think oh, they're awesome, working man. on the new GTA, but it's really cool. It's one of those like dream jobs working at Rockstar. Yeah. Well, hey, you never know, man. Maybe you'll get there. We never know. Never know. Life takes us crazy places, man. It definitely does. Do you mind if I move on to the next game? Go for it. All right, man. I want to touch on Tears of the Kingdom a little bit. Okay. Because I've also been playing this a little on our break. This was my game of the year for 2023. And man, dude, I'm really happy that I just have so much more of it to play. Like now that like game of the year is over and like I feel like, I I don't know, I feel there's a little bit of like pressure off and I can just like hop back in and enjoy it. And I just recently, I had like this crazy experience that I wanted to kind of talk to you about. And it's kind of just like why I think this game is so good. I recently found a village and I was kind of just hanging out there. I don't remember the name of it, but I was kind of hanging out there. But I needed to unlock the map for that area. So I found like the sky pillars that like when you unlock the map, they shoot you into the sky. And I did that. I kind of like shot myself into the sky and I was like, oh, well, I wasn't going to do this right now. But I guess there's like a sky island right there. I guess I'll go there. And I kind of like got to the sky island. And then when I got there, there was like a hovercraft thing that was like pre-made. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just hop on this. And I like hopped on this like hoverboard kind of like flying thing. I mean, it was pre-made when I got to the Sky Island and it had like some batteries attached to it. So it it kind of used its own battery and then it came to my battery. And I was like, I'm not going to make it to where I'm going to like where I'm trying to go. So I had to like use some of my like extra batteries and then I like finally made it up to this like huge structure in the sky and I had to like continue to climb it because like I ran out of batteries and I was doing like the ascendability where you like shoot through the top and it like it was basically like this saga of like 30 minutes like climbing this like huge structure and I kind of like get to the top and like the sun starts to set. And like just seeing like the sunset on top of like the world and like you can see like I'm above the clouds. So like the sun is setting like below the clouds and it's just like so beautiful. I took like a bunch of screenshots 
I'll probably post them on like threads or something whenever I get a chance. But it was just like so beautiful and I make it to like the top. And then I, there was like this kind of like a circle thing that I could interact with, kind of like a shrine, but it wasn't quite a shrine. So I like go and I like touch it with the hand and it like activates. And then there's like this big green circle. And I was like, I guess I got to jump through it. So I just like vault myself off this like huge structure in the sky. I'm like above the world, I'm above everything. And then there's like another green circle like below. And then I like dive into that circle and then I like flow to another circle and I kind of like fall through these like three green circles. And then there's like a circle over a puddle in another sky island and I fall through that and I like complete a challenge and then like a shrine opens up. And there's also like somebody I can talk to on the island, like one of the Zonai's. And they give me like a mask for completing this challenge. I was just exploring and I found this like random challenge. And I was able to get a really cool like mask and like a shrine just from exploring. I just thought it was so fun. That's amazing. You wouldn't have gotten there everywhere for that hovercraft thing. Yeah, definitely not. And then I kind of like made my way back to the world and I was like, I'm going to make that hovercraft again. So then I like made this hovercraft like in the world and then I was just like flying around, like just zipping around. And I was like, this is awesome. So I just can't believe it. It's such a good game. Wright Brothers who? For real, man. <laughs> Link is, I'm about to open an airline. Yeah. I'm going to be ferrying all the, what are those like those little Koroks? I'm going to be ferrying them all around. <laughs> Link's delivery service. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool that they have this whole world in the sky and they were able to pull it off while, you know, I feel like that's such a huge setting and to be able to like properly execute that and give you a feeling of adventure and unknownness in the sky is a challenge in and of itself, but they pull it off so well. And I mean, they're just using the Switch, which I mean, Switches are really powerful, but there's a lot of other games that kind of like use it as an excuse, I feel like, and allow it to limit their design a bit too much. Not naming any names, but <laughs> shout outs to the great team that worked on Tears of the Kingdom, man. I definitely got to hop in there. I recently, last I remember, I had gotten these really cool, this is like different types of equipment for climbing and like for fighting, mm-hmm. for cold resistance. So that definitely helps out trying to explore, explore new territories and stuff. Yeah, I've been finding some really cool things, and oh my gosh, yeah, I just, I'm blown away, man. It's such a fun game. I'm really excited to continue my journey there, and I feel like, I guess I'm not sure how much more I'm going to bring it to the podcast, but I'm just truly just having such a fun time exploring. So yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, man. Definitely glad it was my game of the year. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Following up on Games of the Year, this was my second on my list, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2. I recently yeah. got back onto that. I've been trying to take down Craven. Okay. Just moving along with that story quest. Right now I'm fighting like one of his like right hand men. Like this huge mm-hmm. tank guy. And I think we're fighting like on Columbus Circle. Mm. Oh that's cool. Yeah, it's very interesting to play like in the city that I spend so much time I in. might have to go to Columbus Circle today, man. And <laughs> <Turn> some errors. <laughs> And it's really cool. It's a really challenging fight, dude. Because he's just like this huge tanky guy. And, you know, I'm just a small Mm -hmm. spider relative to him. So I have to get really creative as to how I'm going to defeat him. I had to take a break. I was like, this is just a bit too much for me right now. I'm going to spin back. And I love it's one of those games. It's very, like, cinematic. So it's like Mm -hmm. you're not really pressured to just, like, keep going. You just hit the pause button, save, and, and return to it. 
So yeah, yeah, I've been on that quest for quite some time. I recently put a tiger to sleep because I was in Craven's kind of like home, okay. and I was sneaking around like making zip lines to traverse mm-hmm. like past like different parts of this place without being noticed because there's like an orientation for like his warriors or whatever. So I grabbed like mm-hmm. this huge stake so that I could sneak into Craven's like main office and like snoop around. And I think um, it's kind of don't tell Peter. But I think Peter, I think Peter like poisoned the steak <laughs> so that he can fall asleep. Yeah, I fed it to him and Dang. then I started looking around Craven's office. And that's where I think I got discovered by some of his workers. Actually, the guy who I'm fighting right now, he discovered me and then he like kicks me out and he makes me fight like all of these workers there. I kicked all of their asses. And then like, mm. yeah, I get chased Hell out yeah. to Columbus Circle by this guy and now we're fighting. So I got to nice. kick his ass and get to Craven, man. He's, he's playing dirty. So let me ask you this. I'm not the biggest, I guess I don't know Craven's storyline very well. What is he trying to, like, what's his goal? Like, what's his motive? I know a little bit about him, but I don't know all that much. So he's a huge hunter, a wild game hunter. He travels all around the world looking for, like, the most exotic catches, trying to, like, you know, all different types of animals, wants to add his collection kind of looks at them mm-hmm. as like trophies so he like hunts all these different he's like a things. trophy hunter yeah and now he's in the city he has this like whole group this whole kind of company of people that work under him and i think spider-man is one of those trophies that he wants he wants that and so it's he, not just animals and then he like hunts people yeah he, he hunts like i mean peter parker is not just a person he wants to hunt down the Spider-Man and like, he wants to add that to his collection. That's you know probably one of the most magnificent catches he would ever, ever make. But what do you he, think that if he gets Peter, do you think he's going to taxidermy him? Probably, probably, uh, probably. Gross. But what he doesn't know is that <laughs> Peter right now has venom attached to him. Thanks to his best friend. And that was really helpful trying to fight all those guys. It's that venom kind of, uh, animations. Like he's sick. Mm-hmm. Does it feel good to fight his venom? It feels amazing fighting his venom. It's, oh, not, it's a nice I switch. I feel up like that would be fun from the regular Peter Parker. It's just like, and he does things where it's like, oh, Peter will say like, oh, that wasn't me. Like Venom will just take over and like do certain things and mm. fights that like Peter typically would. And he's a little more caring about the people he's beating up. And Venom is just like, I'm gonna crush this person. Like <laughs> he doesn't care. So uh, it's interesting seeing that kind of parallel between the two and that kind of internal conflict that comes as a result not something that's like brewing along in the story i think just that like venom kind of relationship there so it's pretty cool yeah that's sick man that's awesome i'm happy that you're having such a good time with it i still haven't finished one of those i feel like maybe maybe this year's the year that i can finally go back and play a spider-man do you have two yet or you, you haven't bought I don't it? have two. I have the original and Miles Morales. Okay, so yeah, you got some decent Spider-Man content. And in 2025, you can purchase two and uh, yeah, get maybe. to it. <laughs> maybe I'll get it for a gift. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> hey, you never know. It might come to PlayStation Plus. I it might. It. Uh, yeah, I got it. It was actually one of those games that did not go on sale. It was a huge PlayStation sale. I think it's still going on for the end of the year. And yeah, lots of great games went on sale. Yeah, I, I actually I did pick up a game that I had had previously on like my Xbox. I picked up the like the 2015 
Star Wars Battlefront. Oh man, that was a great game, dude. I you know, man, game. it's it's crazy. People are still playing it, man. I was able to get into a lobby in no time, and I could see why. That was really really fun. I had such a great time on Battlefront, man. Let me know if you want to hop in today, dude. Yeah, I'll play some Battlefront. I had to check if I have it in my library. It might be on my Xbox, actually. Let me see. When I was playing, it did say that I could invite you to a party, so it might be PlayStation, but yep. I think it was like $6. If Well, I guess we're not buying any games. Sorry. <laughs> I might still have some money in my wallet from that gift card. I had to check. Well, I guess Brandon and I, we kind of knew that this was coming up. I guess like that we were not going to buy any new games in 2024, and I, I asked for a game for Christmas, and I've been wanting to play this since we started the podcast, and I've Brandon's been telling me to check it out, and I kind of on our Google Doc, I have it as a secret surprise game, and dude, I'm so excited to tell you that I got this for Christmas. Thank you, Grandma. Grandma Shout got out it. To I've been... Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I have been playing the fuck out of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Oh no way, dude! That's insane. <laughs> what do you think? Are you, are you enjoying it? Oh, I suck. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I'm learning. It's a steep learning curve. I've kind of figured out like a couple combos that I like. Like I'm not button mashing. That was one of the things I was telling myself. I'm like, I am not going to be a button masher. Like I'm learning how to play this. So I've like, I've hopped in with a couple characters that I've liked. I've like hopped into the training mode and like, just like kind of stood there, like had the, the CPU stand there. And like, as I figured out their moves, I'm really liking it so far. Although I've got to say, I feel like I'll be playing it. I'll be like getting into a groove and then I'll meet like a CPU that I can like face to unlock a new character. And it's just like, they'll just like crush me. And it's so humbling, man, because it sucks. Because I like want to play as more people, but like you got to beat them to unlock them. And I'm just, and there was one that really hurt where I was like about to get them. I had like done like a hundred damage. And like, I was like, all right, like this, this character is mine. I can't wait to play as him. And then I like slipped up for a second and I fell off the map. Oh man. I was like, no, it's crazy. Cause like, there's a couple people that I want to play as and they have not looped around again. Like I lost to them and I have not seen them. So I'm, yep, I'm that happens, still, dude. how many characters are in the base game? Do you know? Cause I know there's a uh, lot. I'm pretty sure it's like 59. Don't quote me on that. There's a lot. But I would say the best way to unlock characters is to play a story mode. A story mode? Yeah, it's a great way. Like, every character has their own kind of story that you can play through. So if you go to, like, the story and you play it... Oh, is that the fastest way to unlock them, then? Yeah, you play as, like, Mario, and you'll play, like, this whole set, and it ends with you fighting Master Hand. And then you unlock Mario? No, I mean, you already have, like, a certain base... Oh, so you start with story mode with somebody that you have. Exactly, and then once you're playing that, like you'll likely run into these characters and, and beat them that way. It's more likely okay. that you'll run into them than like just doing like a free play, where you you know you're just. I'm like, gonna do that. Yeah, it's fun to play the story mode too, and just see a bit of their characters' background, and you can learn a lot yeah. about characters playing as them and, and their story. So, yeah, who's your favorite? Are you leaning towards? I'm any? trying to play like I am. I do have a favorite. I've got a couple people I'm leaning towards. I'm kind of like still figuring out my style, but I've been trying to play at least like one match a day and like not lose it. Like I'm really trying to like to better myself and like figure this game out. I got to say my main right now is Fox. Okay. That's interesting. You like a speedy kind of fight. 
I do. I do. I also like the range. I like his gun. I like being able to like, if I get to the other side and just like hit him a few times and then come back, hit him with like the side B. I've also really been liking Link, yeah, which also Link has like a, a B. That bomb is annoying. You know, it's funny if you play as young, I think it's young Link. Yeah. He actually throws the bomb. So like you don't have to like activate it. Yeah. So I like young Link better than just regular Link. So I did beat young Link. So I have young Link. And I also like his arrow is a fire arrow. That's fun. The thing that keeps tripping me up though, I don't quite, maybe you'll be able to tell me. If I'm Link and I do my up B, how do I make it? So like I'll do this on accident sometimes where I'll do the up B, but I stay at the same level. I don't know how I'm doing that. I don't know how I'm like hitting the up B, but staying at the same level and like not shooting up. Yeah, up B should be the move where like you save yourself on, on all characters. Up B is like that right. move you use to like save yourself from falling off the map. You're probably just misclicking or like I know it's a directional up so you probably are like leaning towards the right or something. Yeah, because I kind of think if I'm like hitting it instead of like straight up, I kind of hit it at a diagonal. He like stays and yeah. in like the same level. I can't replicate it. I can't like, I haven't figured out how to replicate that. But that would, I mean, that's really cool because his up B, like he spins around a lot. Yeah. And like being able to do an up B on the same level, like that's really useful. But I just can't quite figure out how to do that, like repeat that action. Just going to get some more practice in. I'm a huge Samus player, and Samus's up B is like just she turns into a ball and she like rolls ball. up. Really annoying to like go up against, but yeah. You I, know, man, I love. I Samus. think that we would be a very compatible pair if I ever. I mean, I'm hoping I get to the point, but I feel like Samus they've also got like a distance, like a little bit. Yeah, they like shoot. They can, yeah, they can do range attacks. I love charging up that beam, and then when you least expect it, just popping. I also like that the shock Samus can like. Throw a little like when electric grab chain him. and then like bring him in, and just like hold him and punch him, and then like it's great. She's amazing. She's my favorite one by far. That's how I beat everyone here in my house. It's just Samus. <laughs> I, I can't stand it. I usually try not to go to Samus just to give him a fair chance. Mm-hmm. Um, besides Samus, I really like Little Mac. Have you gotten a chance? To I haven't gotten him. I haven't He's like a boxer. Either. He's great. Does some hard hits. He oh, got people. Who's the guy that does the Hadouken? They're from Street Fighter. Oh, Ryu. Oh, I like Ryu. Ryu's, Ryu's good in, in Smash. Yeah, he's like, is he good in Street Fighter? He's amazing in Street Fighter. Yeah, he's like the go-to, one of the defaults. Mm, I like him because he like he like shoot. I don't know what it is, but he's like shooting Hadouken. the Hadouken. It's like a, the energy ball. Oh man, I like that too. I'll play him like if I'm, if I'm like in a rut and I need to switch it up. I'll try him out. I really want to play as a character with a sword, though. I want it, like, other than Link. I feel like I want to get, like, another character that's got a sword that I can... But I want to play as, like, somebody that's got a sword that has also has, like, a good range. I know that, like, Link kind of has that. Yeah, maybe Meta Knight. I know Meta Knight. Oh, he can, like, do this drill with his sword. I he, like, like Meta Knight. I haven't gotten He does, like, this yet, up but... with his sword. He goes like that. So he has some range with the sword. And he has wings, too, so it's pretty hard to knock him out. Although he doesn't do that much damage because he's like a very fast striker. So mm, that might be good for my play style. I also, man, I'm so upset. There was this one girl that I was fighting. She had like a gun. And I don't know. She kind of looked like she was in like an, I don't know, like a, a blue suit, kind of like a yoga outfit, maybe a blue suit or something. It could have yeah, been she, like, a like, zero suit Samus. There's also zero suit Samus. When she hops off with Samus suit, she's annoying. 
There's also a girl with the gun. Oh, Bayonetta. I don't know if it was Bayonetta. Yeah, I feel like I know who that looks like. My sister likes playing as Bayonetta a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to figure it out because I, whenever they come back around, I want to get them because, man, <laughs> I feel like that one really hurts. It hurts that I, I feel like I lost to that one. But I also, oh, man, there's the character from like Xeno Gear, and they've got like the huge sword with like the circle in it. And, like, whenever you do the up B, you can, like, change the... Oh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, I think it might be Ike. It might be Ike. But, yeah, you do, like, the up B, and you can choose, like, if you want to, like, a better attack, a better jump, and it, like, lasts for a little bit. I know Cloud has that, too. Really? Cloud from Final Fantasy, he can, like, Mm -hmm. charge up. That's another one I like to use. You charge it up, and then he Mm -hmm. has, like, this big slash he can, like, send. It's like a projectile. It might be someone worth trying because he has that like projectile that he can use with his sword. It's pretty cool. I don't have him yet, but yeah, dude, I'm very happy that I'm finally playing a fighting game. I'm glad, dude. We got to start up some online matches, dude. We can do some like duels and stuff. It'd be really fun. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I'm so stoked that I have it. And I'm like, I'm just really excited because I feel like now that I have it and like we're not like getting any other games this year, I feel like. I'm really able to like, now I'm like, I'm committing, like I'm making like the time and like the energy. So I'm like, I'm going to play this game and I'm going to, like, I feel like I'm just starting like from zero though. You know what I mean? Cause like, yeah. I've never really played a fighting game, but I'm trying to like do it right. So like, I don't like create bad habits for myself. It's a great party game really... too, man. Like if you have people over, have some extra remotes, great game to play with some other people. It's really fun. So I guess let me ask you this one thing, the joystick. If I like flick left on the joystick, that's essentially like the left attack, right? Yeah, that's a power attack. Like if you flick left on the joystick, you're doing like a heavy kind of. That's like different than every, the left. Yeah, attack. yeah. Every player has that move where they can like. I'm pretty sure if you hold it, you can like charge it and then like hit. So oh, it's like it's like a power okay. hit. Okay, maybe I'm overusing that. Yeah, you got to really figure. So out. So you don't want to do multiple of those in a row, then. I mean, yeah, because it's going to open you up to, like, quicker hits. You know, it takes a while to charge it up and really get the hit that you want to get. But if you're looking to knock somebody out of the map, it's a great way to do that because it's, like, you can charge it. If you time it well, you hit them. You're uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to knock them out. Hell yeah, dude. All right, I got to practice some more, man. I got to keep on the sticks, man. Do you have any, any advice for me that I'm starting out? Try out some online matches. I'm not ready for that, man. Even though you're going to get smoked, <laughs> it's like it's great to see the potential of like how people play, learning their like combos, their timing. That's a great way I improved just like getting online matches and even though I was losing, I got to observe a lot and see how people played certain characters, certain playstyles. It's great to just watch and learn. I feel like I'm not ready for that yet. I don't feel ready to hop into an online match, but yeah, when you get there, I recommend it. It's a great way to learn. I should. Yeah. Do you think that like, maybe I should jump in before I feel like I'm ready. Does it like kind of propel you? It definitely does. Because after a while, you just get tired of, of getting knocked out uh, so often. And then at the end of the day, there are people just like you. So you just kind of like can figure out the timing, figure out how to use the bubbles correctly. Just see how they play and try to mimic that. And then you'll get better. Also, when you're playing CPUs, Always fight CPU level nine. Never go under that because they're just they're too easy. Like at the end of the day, it's just computer. I'm not. I'm losing to below nine, so I got a long way to go. They're just computers at the end of the day. You can figure out how to outsmart them. 
it's the people you got to really worry about. They get really so good. So you think I should just put it up to nine? Yeah, just throw yourself in there. You know, it's like learning how to swim. You just got to get in the water. All right, dude. Got some training to do. <laughs> bros. Dude, I'm excited, man. I, I, I would love to run some matches there. Yeah. Yeah, we should, man. All right, dude. I think that might be a wrap. 2024, man. First. Yep. First episode of 2024. First episode of 2024. No new, new year, games. no games. New year, no games. <laughs> I like that. That's a better title. New uh, year, no new games. Years, none. Shows canceled. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm really excited, dude. I'm really excited for 2024, and I'm just excited to. I'm going to see what it can bring for us. I don't know. I feel like with us not buying new games, I feel like it's just a chance for us to really, I guess, experience things that we have wanted to, but just haven't had the time or really to look back at some of our favorites. So I'm really excited for 2024. Unlike we said at the top of the show, we encourage you to also boycott the game industry. And if you're going to buy, try to, I guess, just be a little bit more mindful about the games that you're going to get. Yeah, really take into mind the people that make them take them into mind and honestly if, if the video game industry stopped making games for the next four years you know we would have more than enough titles to explore mm-hmm. i mean i don't know about you but like but there are so many games that i bought just this past year alone that i have not been able to complete and like fully see into fruition so i'm really excited to do that to just explore further and learn more about these games that i already own Yeah, I feel the same way, man. And I'm actually, there's a a game that I'm probably going to bring up in the next episode that I got in 2023 and I I put like 28 hours into it and I haven't even talked about it because I feel like I just haven't seen enough of it to speak to it. So whenever that comes up, I'm really excited for that. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, the first episode of 2024. We have a great year of content headed for you guys. Stay tuned. Yeah, and I hope that you had a wonderful new year. I hope you had a great holiday season. And I guess wishing you blessings in 2024. All right, see you in the next one. See you in the next one.